Welcome to Investing Insights, partnered by Right Property Group. This is your host, Phil Tarrant. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Investing Insights with Right Property Group. Phil Tarrant here, as you would have heard in that preamble just there. But uh, I'm joined uh, by my regular co-host today uh, from the Right Property Group, Steve Waters and Victor Kumar, to have a chat about all things property, property investment. Guys, how are you going? Pretty well, Phil. Yeah, going good. Yeah, and you guys are heading off to a, uh, a lunch uh, as soon as we finish this podcast. Anyone important you're seeing? Is yes, a- our uh, our business manager, Kate, okay. is going on maternity leave. Oh, really? Yeah, for her first that. child, so she'll be away for... What, two days? Yes. Yeah, two days. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have got a great work. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, can, she probably listens to this, so congrats. Um, yeah. That, that's yeah, really yeah. good news. So it's, it's, it's great news. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Um, well, she's pretty central to you guys. How are you going to do without her? No, we're not, we're not telling her that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll change all the systems and processes so that so that you know she, when she comes back, all the processes I, I are like different. That. I yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up. That's really cool. Um. So we're recording this um, on budget week. Is it budget week? It is budget week. When was the budget? Last week. Last week. Not Last week. Yeah. See, time flies. We can beat. And uh, we had this same conversation a year ago when uh, after the federal budget um, on the Tuesday night, uh, some big changes around. Um, it was a big change around depreciation of plant equipment, mm-hmm. which really rattled a lot of property investors. And uh, as we move towards a federal election. Uh, obviously, um, a lot of people are getting nervous about negative gearing and all this sort of stuff. So, um, but the budget, I've uh, my view of it, I went down to Canberra and um, did all that sort of media stuff down there. Pretty a benign budget, not much really there. If you're aged care, there's a bit going on. What's your read on it, Victor? Any anything really stand out for property investors, or it's just it's okay we got left alone and uh, we'll just keep doing what we're doing? No, I think I think there's been a fairly important change mm. uh, in terms of the budget, which uh, relates to vacant land, uh, particularly if you are uh, if you've bought uh, vacant land for investment purposes and, mm. and planning to build on it at some point in time. Until now, uh, that the interest component and all of your expenses on that uh, vacant land was tax deductible, but uh, what they've done is now done a total flip around and say actually it will no longer be tax deductible. There was this case uh, back in early 2000s uh, called the Steele case, S-T-E-E-L-E, which allowed for the deductibility of um, uh, interest component on vacant land, even though you are not actually earning any income on it. So I think uh, what what they're trying to do is uh, um, overturn that uh, and therefore claw a lot of money back into, uh, into the budget. Uh, because that that's a lot of tax deductions that they had to pay out. So essentially, this is for people who are holding on to a block of land, potentially speculating on waiting or waiting for a. They might have bought it some time ago and are waiting for uh, a suburb to firmly establish itself. Um, there's also a whole issue around uh, housing affordability, and they're saying that Correct. well, you shouldn't be carrying land with no housing on it because then it's, there's no residence for people. So, um, if you're a homeowner, owner, occupier looking to build on a block of land that mm-hmm. you've purchased, that same apply to you as only for uh, Well, if, you, if you're a homeowner, uh, uh, you know, building for the purposes of o- occupying it personally, mm-hmm. then obviously that, that debt is not tax deductible mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think the sweet spot was when someone was building it purely for an investment purposes, or even, um, uh, dare I use the word, land banking, mm-hmm. then uh, it, it's going to substantially impact them, uh, where their holding costs simply just uh, skyrockets. So I see that accelerate the build uh, on uh, the block of land and realise the, the, the purpose for holding on to it, it or offload it. That's right. But yep. offloading uh, vacant parcels of land now are going to be... It'll be know, a lot so harder. It's going to be marginal, yeah, marginal be increase on the, yeah, on the property right. price, right? That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Okay. 
Interesting. I wasn't familiar with that, so uh, thanks for filling me in. You seem really well-versed on that. Uh, you know, is that the major change, you think? For yeah, I, th- I think that's yeah. the most major change mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of um, in a property investing. Um, in the last budget, obviously, the major change was the depreciation. Mm-hmm. In this, this budget, definitely, uh, vacant land is a big change. Uh, and I think a lot of people need to uh, relook at the strategy if, if that's what they're doing, if they're doing housing land packages as an example. Uh, a lot of times when they're doing the calculations, they're taking into account um, tax deductions um, of the vacant land while the house is being built. Mm. The way I'm reading it, while the house is being built, uh, you can't claim the deductions anymore mm. uh, of the um, vacant land. Of course, you know uh, we still haven't seen the finer print. It hasn't gone quite gone through with the minute details of it. Uh, that's how I read it. And yes, it will definitely impact um, the, the property market in that sector. And the, the work that you guys do with your clients, do, do a lot of them sit there in their portfolio? There might be a, a long-term client of your, you guys or, or a new client of you guys. Do many people sit on vacant blocks of land, Steve? Do you see a lot of it? Uh, no, not, mm. not generally speaking, yeah. especially those that are perhaps beginning the journey, so to speak, or in the mid-ranges of... Um, of creating the portfolio, but those at the other end who have been doing it for maybe 15, 20 years, some of those people do hold large portions of land mm. uh, for land banking, but there will be, for the most, some sort of accommodation on it to Yeah, absolutely. Give, yeah. We've sort of spoken about this in, in our portfolio, a bit off topic from, from this podcast, but you know we're at that level now of sophistication maturity when these type of opportunities uh, start yeah. looking more attractive. But to your point, you need to have something on there generating an income. You need to Correct. be generating income yeah. from yeah. it. Something is, is better than nothing. So you just put like a caravan on it and say, yeah, it's a house, I'm renting it out. Is that going to quantify it? Anyway, we're not here to give that sort of advice, but um, uh, we're chatting before we come on air just about, uh, uh, I always enjoy, you know, we do this uh, this podcast, Investing Insights, the Right Property Group, every single month. I really enjoy it. Um, very different from a lot of the other stuff we do with Smart Property Investment. And, um, you know, we like to dig deep into a lot of the issues around uh uh, property investment and um, just really you know often we just uh, maybe cover quickly different topics um, but this allows us to really dig down and if you didn't listen to our last one episode 18 um, why renovation may not help your valuation but really good discussion around um, renovating properties and if you're new to this podcast go back listen to all the old episodes uh, it's the wealth of knowledge in there but um, um, you know for me this is very easy to do this podcast because it's rock up we have a chat with you guys for half an hour but there's a big engine behind making this happen all the way through you know um our team and your team coordinating times the the, the topics etc um but also what happens after we we produce this podcast a whole bunch of stuff happens a big process associated with it and it got me thinking about um that process and the process often is quite boring um but it's absolutely necessary to uh, achieve the right outcome um, but if I put that into um, a property investment speak um, the process staying staying true to the process following the process and making sure that you tick all the boxes off in a particular sequence to get to a particular point that's how you become a great property investor is that a fair analogy Steve I think it's a great analogy mm. uh, often the process is you know, never shortcut the process yeah uh, is the bottom line for us we always say that but if the, if it starts to get exciting well then you're probably doing it wrong for us it's all about how boring can we make this? Mm. Uh, because the more boring it is, the the smoother the process. The boring bits are the important bits, really. You know, that's a lot where of you'll make routine will the set money. you free. Yeah. Process will set you free. It's where you can either make the biggest mistakes or you can get the greatest gains. And uh, 
and I, I fall victim to this, like most property investors, you, you get excited about the exciting bits and that is the buy or mm. whatever it is, but it's all the other stuff that you need to get right, particularly in portfolio management that can really change the um, the outcome of your portfolio. You know, going back to, to our initial chat before we come on air and, and we're going to start doing this a little bit more. Um, I think there's a bit of a perception that these are really scripted, these podcasts and yeah uh, so we're gonna we're gonna video um a couple of them um moving forward just just to let you guys uh have a look at how we do this and uh, i've got a piece of paper in front of me and i've got written on it episode 19 yeah, and, and uh, that's all that's, that's, that's the extent of it yeah. and uh, uh steve and victor have uh, a coffee in front of them um we should really do these on a friday afternoon maybe have a beer might be a bit more interesting <laughs> but uh, um so you know th- these are very organic and, and we like to keep it that way me in particular because it allows me to be a lot more exploratory in, in the way i think about a particular topic and you know uh, today i want to focus on this this processing because i've been thinking about it but about how uh, you can change your mindset to make sure that you don't get bored by the process, that you need to uh, embrace the process, dominate the process, and make sure you've got the right people involved in staying true to this process so you can achieve what you want to in property investment. Victor, if we're going to go sort of, you know, um, a bit of a backbone for this this chat, the process, what is the process for, for you as a uh, professional investor and someone who assists other investors? What, what do you deem the process? Well, the process is actually um, uh, the entire journey in in that sense, right? Mm. So one of the things that most people bring to the table when they're starting to invest is it's more ad hoc, right? It's very haphazard, whereas it needs to be um, very regimented, uh, regimented in the sense that you need to, need to do A before you do B, as an example. So obviously the first thing that needs to happen is that uh, you need to be working out what are you aiming for? Uh, and and what team members are you going to bring uh, together to help you achieve that uh, so that uh, you're all then pulling in the one direction. And and that's what often what I find is with the budding investors and, and um, particularly those that have just started listening to podcasts and, and um, uh, getting some real education behind them is that they may pull the trigger a bit too prematurely mm. without actually thinking it through because there, there is a lot of moving parts to this process uh, in, in the sense that not only are we planning where we're buying, what we're buying, what we're aiming for, once we've got the property, depending on which state it is, it has a slightly different process in terms of the contracts um, and how they work, uh, particularly uh, your cool-off periods and so forth. Uh, and then once you've obviously got uh, got the property under contract, what happens from there? You know, you've got you've got some milestones that you need to meet. You've got some pertinent searches that you need to do. Uh, how do you communicate with the solicitor? What's the mode of communication there? And then, of course, what happens before you go unconditional? Uh, what's the process there? What what are the uh, various things that you must do, uh, and what are the things that are good to have but uh, is not absolutely necessary? So we need to identify those things, uh, and then obviously, uh, in terms of checking uh, the tenancy details or whether it is tenanted or what needs to be done to get this property tenanted, mm. uh, and then then from there you're actually moving towards the settlement. So there's a bit of, in in most people's mind, there is a bit of a lull period from unconditional exchange of a property to settlement. But the reality is that there is a lot of things that need to happen in the background, which is part of what we do at, at RPG is is there's a lot of uh, work that happens in, in the background in terms of a purchase without necessarily exposing the client to the myriad of different things that they need to be across. 
And um, one of the most important ones is making sure that the conditions in the contract, uh, depending on the state and, and so forth, what you've negotiated is actually adhered to. Mm. And then come settlement day, you're actually re-inspecting the property. So, uh, you know, a lot of people um, are not actually across that in the sense that, yes, it's uncommonly exchanged, the property is still going to be there. Maybe it's not this in the same condition as what you exchanged it on. Maybe the tenants put a few holes in it. Maybe the vendor that has vacated the property has left the property totally dirty and lot, left a lot of stuff still behind. Um, what's what's the rhetoric back to the solicitor, to the agent, to get make sure that it doesn't become your problem? And then from there, once the property then settles, then there's different uh, different avenues you go down, such as um, if it is vacant, what needs to happen? Which agent? How are you going to keep across the agent in terms of, so I'm talking about the property manager, how are you going to keep across them in terms of whether they are actually getting traction mm. to get it uh, rented out in, in, a, in a quick, um, easy uh, format? Um, if it's if it's a tenanted property, has the transition from paying one landlord to you, has that happened smoothly? Um, and then you're also looking at um, your essential repairs if you're buying established properties, what, what needs to happen there, and, and putting a timeline to that and making sure that does happen. And then from there, it's simple housekeeping from there in terms of consistent reviews uh, of, of your portfolio, whether it is... Uh, if you if you're buying rapidly, whether it is a monthly thing mm. or if you're buying a little bit on a more sedate base, uh, whether it is a three monthly or six monthly process, um, where you're reviewing the performance and you're also then um, setting in motion uh, what you're going to do next, whether it is just sit sit on it, whether it is to prepare for the next one, whether it is to uh, you know boot the tenant out, do a renovation, uh, you know force the growth in that property, mm-hmm. depending on the market. So there, there's a lot of moving parts in there. That the bottom line is, a lot of people think that you know to invest, you buy a property and it's passive, and it, things will happen. The property manager will take care of it. Uh, there's a lot of things that you need to need to have your finger across. And, and to that point, I um in the weird world of my brain and how it works I'm, I'm very compartmentalized so i'll approach different things i need to do based on when i need to do it and, mm. and its importance and relevance to me so but just to visualize um this process um the, the way i'd see this is I guess, I guess with property investment there's there's two processes underway simultaneously it's the process of the wealth creation story yeah. as in why you're doing this and you go through accumulating property Letting it simmer and let it grow, and then the then then the uh, the mm. retirement phase where you potentially sell down and, and draw an income from it. But running parallel to that is all the the individual tasks associated with portfolio creation, Correct. and you've just gone through that right mm. now. The the buying process from identification of what sort of asset you want, all the way through to the management of the property, and and that is um uh, that that that's a complicated with a lot of moving parts. So you know. My mind works as in one big Gantt chart, right? You've got these mm. different things working at different times and ticking off these processes as it, as it happened. Um, you know, question for you, Steve. Working with, with property investors um, who are new to the game or, or have large portfolios, what are, the, what are the skills and traits of people who embrace and manage process better than others? Are they proactive? They're, they're, they know what they're doing and they find time to actually look at it? Or are they what are the tools they're using? Well... <laughs> 
if I came down to a personality type or a job description, perhaps mm. uh, engineers, okay, we find to be very, very um, process orientated, and that's that's really good for us. Makes yep. it very easy. Uh, those that are self-employed fall into two categories. There's not enough time in the day to look after the the bits and pieces. Yeah, uh, and there are those that treat it just like their their business with a profit mm-hmm. and loss sheet and you know, cash flow management and what have you. Yeah. So you couldn't really isolate uh, one industry from another and who you know, performs better. Do it better. I think it just comes down to personality type. Some people like to bury their head in the sand, which yeah. we try to in, you know, encourage not to uh, because that's where the dollars are lost. Mm. Uh, but if we go, in terms of the process, if we go all the way back to the beginning, it's not just the it's not just the purchasing in terms of the process. You know, we've got to look well before that. Uh, and that's things such as the household budget, the disposable income, you know, what can you afford to put away from property. And that that will change and that needs to be revisited every time you purchase because the household budget does change with every purchase. Mm. Uh, you know, there might be also exterior circumstances, schooling mm. and what have you, other expenses. So whilst it's repetitive, it's all still part of the process and it needs to be uh, revisited I think, I think it's important to point out that the actual purchase is a very small part of that process. Yeah, the smallest mm. part, yeah. to be honest with you, because there's a lot of planning in terms of mm. process beforehand. Uh, and then, as Victor mentioned, the uh, the reviewing afterwards, the management of the properties or property is where it is. So with this process, and you know, I'm, I understand the complexity of uh, owning a portfolio with multiple properties, and it can be a real headache, right? You guys are the same. Yeah. You, you own large portfolios. Who's responsible for the process? Like, is it ultimately the person who owns the assets? But can you get other people sorting the process out for you? you? Can, well, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan of that. And mm. yeah, unless, depending on your portfolio, of course, uh, there will come a point in time where you need external help, whether it be bookkeeping, you know, accountants, and what have you. But in the beginning, I'm, I'm a massive fan of people feeling every part of the process. Mm. Uh, all the way down to paying the bills. Don't let the property manager pay the bills. You, you be part of that process. Um, but it's just a learning thing, isn't it? Well, it's a learning. It's a learning thing, but it's also, yeah. You know, I want you to feel the pain. It just resonates more with you when you're physically having to pay the cash rather than someone else do it for you. Mm. That'll give you a better overall view of the cost to operate of that particular property and therefore your portfolio. But the process is always the same. More uh, answering your question, it it um, it only changes at perhaps different. Life cycle at different parts of the life cycle, whether you're in the pay down, pay down phase of the property, mm-hmm. uh, or the portfolio. But the larger it gets, the more help you will need. Mm. And Victor, the skills then to to manage a, a growing portfolio, and we we'll talk mm-hmm. about the accumulation process. Um, you know, the the skill set of um, engineers, um, and engineers are very much sort of uh, numbers orientated and and and, and project management orientated. Uh, I think of a, a really good build of a you know a, a set of townhouses. A good builder will run his life on a Gantt chart which yep. steps out every single every single step what happens at a particular point in time if you don't have those skills mm-hmm. is that something everyone can learn if they want to put their attention to it absolutely absolutely they can yeah. uh, and, and it, it's it's not uh, something that's too hard it, again it's just uh, logic mm-hmm. and um, obviously because I come from Fiji there's no Gantt charts in Fiji man. So I, I <laughs> or, or logic <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll play that one <laughs> we might edit that one out, we'll see how we go <laughs> so uh, in, 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 I, I will operate off lists instead mm-hmm. so I, I operate off a checklist yeah so something as simple as when you've bought a property you, you're checking off you know what's the status of the tenant are they in arrears are they are they 
uh, you know, keeping the property in good nick is the current property manager across everything uh, on on that on that property. Uh, so you're looking at minute things like that to then the macro level uh, in terms of okay, what's my plan for this for this property? So you're actually diarizing or, or um, uh, putting on a on a um, in, in your file when you're going to pull the trigger on the end strategy on this property. So just just like Steve said that the we can't. Um, forget the macro level. So, what we are trying to achieve overall, and within that is is our smaller battles, which is which is your your individual properties. And each property has got got its own strategy, and therefore you need to have its own process. As to uh, to, to give an example, let's say it was a property that you're going to subdivide at some point in time. The process then would need to be uh, when are you going to identify the right time to subdivide it, and then who are you going to lean on. And what's the process there? So you actually need to understand the subdivision side of of the process. So you're adding something new to your portfolio at that point in time. Uh, and the best thing is to then lean on um, people that have already done it before, mm. um, and, and it is sort of second nature to them, um, so that you're not reinventing the wheel. Um, can it be learned on your own? Um, I I have, uh, but it comes with a whole lot of mistakes that you make and. The biggest mistake you have is the time factor, the time it takes to get across what really needs to happen. Um, so it, it's better, especially in these this day and age, uh, it's better to lean on someone else um, who's already gone through that process, whether it is another family member, whether it is um, your, your property advisor, or whether it is someone that, that uh, you know your, your agent or your friend puts you in touch with uh, so that you can actually understand it um, because once you understand the concept, not the finite details, it, the concept behind that process, you can then engage the right people and, and, and the right channels to help you unfold it. So just to help with this visualization this process again, is, is it linear, i.e. Um, analogy, uh, let's use a, a train line, right? Mm. You, you start at X and you end up in Y, mm. or is it like a, a train network and I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of the London Tube map. <laughs> mm. uh, there's a whole bunch of linear things going in different yep. directions, but it's a big, you know, you can go here, you can go left, you can go right, you can go it's wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that what the property process Look, is? Look, I, 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 think, I think property investing is like a spaghetti bowl, right? Mm. You don't know where you're going to end up, yeah. uh, but you're going to end up somewhere so long as you keep it focused, right? So you've got to adjust for uh, what's happening in your life, as, as Steve said, uh, and you've got to adjust for what's happening in the property market, finance as an example. Mm. So it is never linear. Uh, and, and the end goal could be pushed out. It could also be um, uh, you know, brought forward, uh, as an example, if the market changes. So imagine, Steve, you'd probably, I don't know if the spaghetti bowl analogy <laughs> yeah. works for you, I'd probably say, uh, you'd say, uh, probably investment's a lot like a Chico roll, um, <laughs> full of a lot of great ingredients who are mixed up in different areas to produce a great tasty uh, snack. Camera? On Where's the camera now? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah. mate. I just... <laughs> Thanks for that, Vicky. It's even nicely, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, so, but but this spaghetti roll analogy, right? It means that it's it's a tangled mess, right? You know, it can it can be a tangled mess, and I imagine you see a lot of guys' portfolios, guys and girls. It's a collective collective term, which is just a tangled mess. We just go. They, number one, they don't know where they're going. Mm. Number two, they don't know why they're going there, and number three, they have no idea where they've been, right? And and that is what a lot of property investors look like, and these are typically the people who have bought in the wrong place, have bought at the wrong time, have bought the wrong type of asset, they've done all the mistakes that you guys see time and time again. So And have probably done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. So um, 
it comes back to control, it comes back to ownership, it comes back to accountability, and, and that sits and rests with uh, the property investor themselves. But you know, I don't want to paint this picture of it's really, really complicated, because my view is that property investment is quite simple, right? You try and identify properties which are under market value, that's secure at a, a reasonable rate, that have potentially some upside benefits, that you hold on for as long as you possibly can and make sure that the rent covers as much as the, uh, the, the, the mortgage as possible, you wait and then you've got a portfolio, which is. I actually good think value, it is that right? easy. Yeah. True. I, is, it, I, is it that easy? Well, I, I, it- yes. Look, some people can overcomplicate yeah. the whole scenario, but there's a few key ingredients if we're going to be talking food. Yeah. That <laughs> we're mixing up. This which will make it easier. So, if, if I take you as an example in your personality, you control mm. what you can control, and you, you leave the rest as it is. But there's the common denominator with you is that the cash flow is managed. Mm. And whilst the cash flow is managed, it gives you some flexibility in terms of when times get tough or when times are good. So whilst the state of your wallet dictates the state of your mind, mm. everything is okay, everything is okay. But the process is more or just as much as a learned habit. Part of the process is habit. Yeah, absolutely. Is checking the rents every month, checking the statements every month, reassessing cash flow every month uh, before you buy the next property and, and so on and so forth. So I don't think it it for the most is that complicated as long as you keep on top of it it doesn't need to consume you but there are fundamental things you need to do step by step along the way so something actionable then for for our listeners um you know if they're sitting there thinking oh i'm actually feel a bit confused i feel like i've lost control um i don't know where i am Uh, Mm. these are all indicators of something amiss something awry um so taking back control, I guess, is something we can talk about. So would you suggest they sit there and actually write out what they think the property investment process yeah. is and then work out where they fit within it? So if you're feeling that way, then stop. Yeah. Like, don't do anything else. Um, park time aside, and it, mm-hmm. it is this important park time aside where you can uh, go through the numbers accurately. Don't do it in front of the TV. No, not in front of the TV, not in front of the kids, not in front of anybody else, like not, not at work, at lunch. Like, you will need to park a weekend aside if you're that if you feel you're that much out of control Mm. and just go through the numbers left and right upside down inside out whatever it may be and that'll give you a very clear picture with where you are because the worst thing that you can do as an investor or as a as a business owner is actually not know where you are Mm. and usually once again that's revolving around the cash flow Mm. so victor what would be the symptoms then of someone who is not controlling the process but the process is controlling them that's an interesting question. That's a mm. yeah, great that's question. That's a really good question. Um, so, Dr. <laughs> Phil. We're going to have a hug after this. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> so if you, if you think, uh, you know, and, and this is a trap that people often fall into, is they, they uh, are so regimented in terms of this is what needs to happen next, that they're not, uh, you know, um, chopping and changing in terms of what the property is offering or the market is dictating, mm-hmm. uh, and the personal circumstances are dictating. So, as an example, they're saying that okay, my next process is to start getting um, a uh, approval for a granny flat, as an example. But they haven't done their sums, or they haven't looked at the capacity to borrow. It, they're just following following it blindly in that sense. So you don't want to be blinded by um, uh, you know, a, a set process in that sense. It is still very much dynamic mm. in the sense that it needs to move along with the different moving parts uh, because there are things that are outside of our control, like like you, the, the economy, the um, uh, what's happening to a degree within your personal life in terms of finance, like maybe you lost a job, maybe there's a uh, you know, addition to the family uh, coming up and all that sort of stuff. So once you start 
getting those anxious moments where you're thinking, hang on, my plan was to buy, you know, buy a property this month, and I must now buy a property this month. I think I think you've you've let the process take you over, as opposed to you managing the process, because the processes, in that sense, in terms of in this particular case, which is the goal to buy the next one, can be pushed out. I mean, mm. it, it, there's nothing wrong with delaying your next property so long as you're not not just delaying for the sake of delaying it. Uh, you need to make sure that it is still financially safe uh, to to uh, acquire the next one or to I- implement the uh, the um, uh, strategy for the particular property that you've bought. Uh, as soon as you start forcing uh, forcing that that down your portfolio, you'll find that there's some anxious moments, there's cash flow issues, and all that sort of stuff. So you need to obviously make sure that the baseline is is important. Just like Steve said, look after the cash flow, then you start looking at what to do next. So it's okay then for your process to sometimes be a bit fluid. So yeah, absolutely. It has where, to be depending where you are mm. in any particular cycle. Uh, whether you're 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 looking to acquire more property or do a development or whatever, it's all right just to go. You know what? I'm sort of comfortable with where it is right now, and I've gone mm. through this myself a bit. And I go, well, yeah, I don't worry too much. It'll be all right. All the the headline the headline benchmarks are okay, and I'll, I'll just leave it alone and don't worry too much. Don't don't overstress it. That's okay. Yeah, That's yeah. yeah. I, I think that the the couple of things that should not should not be changed is uh, looking at your statements monthly and making sure that you know that rents actually coming in so mm-hmm. you need to absolutely be across that uh, certainly looking at your entire portfolio and then your goals uh, you know at the very least you know twice a year uh, to see where you're at and and what the next step is mm-hmm. because um once once you once you stop uh, looking at things regularly so in terms of habit um, life takes over and before you know it a year two years would have gone by before you've you know really looked at what you started to started to build up, uh, and and therefore it's really making sure that you're still keeping on track, right? So don't get into the habit just because uh, you're giving yourself the permission to be fluid with the process. Don't don't fall into the habit of pushing it too far back and be too laid back about it. At the end of the day, the more attention you give to the portfolio, the more success you you'll have. And and sometimes the attention is as simple as taking a conscious decision not to buy any further properties this year and, and restart, regroup the following year. Mm. And you touched on it very briefly when we, we started this conversation, Victor, around this team of people you can use to, mm-hmm. to help you with this process. Um, buyers, agents, uh, or property strategists like yourself um, uh, is a, is a team, key team member, obviously mortgage brokers, your accountant yep. and stuff. And the way I view this team of people uh, that we use to, to build our portfolio, and I talk about it a lot um, on the Smart Property Investment Show, is... Um, I know where I'm going, and I stress this where I'm going based on you know the input of the team of people I use, and, and obviously I use you guys, my buyers agents. But it sort of swings both ways because often as you embark down a, a process of creating wealth through property, uh, you can meander a bit, you can get lost, mm-hmm. you can you know life catches up, all this sort of stuff. So, is it fair to think, and this is why I operate, but it's fair to think that the people that you use, who is on this journey of you. Toward, to what you're trying to achieve can give you a bit of a kick in the backside every now and then and say, you know, come on, you're, 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 you're losing focus, you're losing your way, you're not doing this. Uh, you did do that, Steve, you know, you do that with me sometimes and I appreciate yeah. it because often you need that um, to get going if you're doing this by yourself or whatever. So well, that, can, that's fair. Yeah, you can lose yeah. momentum yeah. And, and focus mm. perhaps. But I th- you, you said something, uh, you asked a question earlier on about what are the symptoms mm. when you're out of control or you're not following the process. Um, for me, the two symptoms are really quite 
clear is is one you don't know where you're up to mm. uh, and two there's a surprise yeah in terms of your cash flow like and, and the process for me is all around the controlling of that um, those two major elements mm. and clearly cash flow is one of them and there's probably 15 steps in the process to know where you are in terms of your, your cash flow at any one time uh, and that's you know foremost as far as I'm concerned mm. um, but in terms of this just going back to the whole process within our uh, within our office there's probably 50 steps in the process for every for every client and, and during a purchase and then after purchase and, and what have you. And we're very, very strict on that process. We've got a whole system built around it hmm. because there is so much at stake. And I, and I think that's the key point here. There is so much at stake here if you, you know, what's it, freestyle this, yeah. so to speak. I mean, you can freestyle one probably, sure, and you can get away with it, maybe even two. But if you're going to be really serious about this and build a, uh, a worthwhile portfolio, well, then it needs you know, immediate atten- or constant attention, I think. So what we've potentially done here with this podcast today is a lot of people sitting there going, oh, my God. Yeah, what the hell was control. that about? <laughs> uh, what am I doing? I've, I've lost control. I'm, 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 you know, I'm a passenger rather, mm. than, rather than I'm driving this train. To use the train analogy again. You know, I'm sitting on a carriage somewhere mm. rather than I'm the guy at the front working out where we're going and I'm in, in control responsible. So, um, uh, and for, for, for many people tuning in, there might, might be, this might be a, a good wake-up call. Mm. Say, get, get your shit in order. Um, mm. Because you know you're responsible for what you need to do, and the only person who's going to make sure that you're going to achieve what you're going to achieve is yourself. Not to say there's going to be people out there to help them. Um, so if you're one of those people, what do they do right now, Steve? They go, you know, this might be a light bulb moment. Uh, Sit down, stop, look stop at your numbers, to assess the situation, and yeah. then just uh, be real about it. Like, mm. don't try and fudge numbers, or, or don't try and compete with someone else. And don't try and compete with someone else. Which is that's a big, not big their issue. Right? Get off social yeah. media and don't look at all these other bazillionaires making money in a year on a property right yeah just focus on what you can control uh, and that is part of the that is Mm. the process uh, and just relax like get back in control Mm. it's not a race and and to go through that exercise of reviewing your portfolio right now um, and potentially looking at what this process is you know you spoke about 50 steps right that's a lot of steps Um, Mm. if if you don't know what those steps are how do you go and find out what those steps are you know you can either create your own process which is you know okay awesome yeah um or you just leverage off other people that do it mm. uh, and have already created a process around an end result and, and everyone's process may be slightly different uh but there's nothing wrong with doing it yourself as long as you can find that perhaps information initial information and there's so much information out there it, it's all free um you know the internet's a wonderful platform now it's just finding that process that suits you and I your think, risk profile. I think um, I feel you know because you're the king of analogy. Yes. Um, one of one of the analogies we can use over here is, is is buying a car, mm, right? Okay. So when when you buy a you car, you know a few things about buying cars. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. turning to, to to be an expensive exercise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, w- once you've bought a car, yeah, the idea is that you want to service it regularly, mm. right? So uh, that that gives you the longevity, and certainly then you don't get you know you don't break down in the middle of middle of the highway. Right. Property investing is exactly the same. You've bought a property, you still got to do the servicing. You know, mm. servicing in the sense of finding out where the cash flow is. Servicing in terms of okay, what's what's our next plan with the property? What's what's our next acquisition uh, in terms of the portfolio? So it's really important to have those touch points. Most people, what they do is um, they they buy a car, and they say, okay, she starts. Uh, so it's everything's good, mm. right? Uh, and if you bring it back to property, the rent's coming in, 
it's all good but they're not not looking after after its longevity in that sense so it's really important to to be able to uh, have regular reviews even if it is something as simple as as Steve suggested you know you, you free up some time that is away from work away from the tv uh, and actually looking at your numbers looking at what was the intention of buying this property what did what did we what did we intend to do to this property whether it was just simply set and forget and uh, then looking back at um uh, you know something as simple as looking at the inspection reports so so when when your property manager does does a um uh, inspection looking at it and seeing what repairs have been flagged and um uh, whether you're going to uh, act on it or not um it's it's all just basic housekeeping mm. that's well observed and uh, yeah very good analogy um yeah enjoyed that chat it's good process process will set you free routine will set you free that's what they say boring but Boring but important. But important. Mm, Boring yeah. but important. I'm going to finish up on this, Victor. The Victor Kumar Index about your overall sentiment towards property investment as of right now today. One being really bad and 10 being great. Um, and let's mix it up if you apply attitudes towards the government, changes to legislation around property investment, market cycles, attitude towards debt, attitude to ability to finance. Where, where do you sit out of 10? I've always been been buoyant with mm. property investing. Yeah. And and the reason why I'm always buoyant regardless of the market is that when you're investing, you've got to adjust to the market. So you're adjusting your strategy to the market. So in a, in a flat market, you, you're buying properties where you can create the value. So it gives you that exit uh, out of that property if things go wrong. So regardless of where the market is, regardless of where the sentiment is, uh, you're always adjusting to it. If, you, if you're applying the same formula to uh, of investing to to every market you're just heading for trouble mm. yeah so uh, that that's my two cents worth on that so as an asset class mm-hmm. if you're doing buying the right properties and following the right process in the right it, fundamental it's areas still a great asset class absolutely it is and you agree on that steve uh, you would say yes but you're a little bit more pessimistic than victor Conservative, uh, thank conservative. you. Conservative, yeah. there we go. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, generally I agree. That mm. There's always an opportunity. It just it does that opportunity suit your position at that time mm. is, is the easy way I look at it. GFC, worst time that any of us have ever, ever experienced in terms of a global economy. Uh, however, from my point of view, and Victor would concur, mm-hmm. it was probably the best time I've ever seen to purchase. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. So it's always a good time to buy if yeah. you're able to buy. In fact, I, f- I find it harder to buy. In my circumstances, my portfolio, hard to, I, ha- I find it harder today to find those infill pieces mm. uh, than I did back there. But everyone's circumstances are, are different. Mm. So quite a lot of complicated um, things we've spoken about today, Victor, some some which we've drilled down and some which we've just brushed over. Um, if anyone's got more questions, we're probably alarmed a lot more people than inspired but um what do they do how do they contact you guys they want to chat through all this stuff so they can send us an email questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au or they can reach us reach out on our facebook page and send us a private message and we'll get back in touch with them okay and you guys are happy to talk about this sort of thing um, it's part of our process. It's part of your process, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Making sure investors sleep at sleep at night, right? You know, it's uh, which That's is it. which is my symptom. Yeah. There's a, you know, symptom of you know something's wrong. Yeah, so if you, you take it all away, yeah, mm-hmm. strip it all away. Yeah, yeah. gives us sleepless yeah, nights and yeah. trouble. What's that main thing we're looking for? Is that sleep at night mm-hmm. factor? And we say yeah. it every day. That's cool.
All right, nice one. Really enjoyed that, guys. Uh, we'll be back uh, again uh, next month for the next instalment of Investing Insights for Product Group. And as I mentioned beforehand, uh, make sure you go and check out uh, all the previous episodes uh, that you uh, that we have there. And um, we see it a lot. Uh, people find this podcast, Victor, and then uh, they just binge on it for, for uh, all weekend. And uh, that's cool when we see that. And uh, we obviously watch quite closely um, uh, the level of engagement all these different podcasts and it's good to see that our first episode is still getting uh, mm-hmm. uh, as many many uh, listens mm, to as big, our, our fifth, yeah. sixth and whatever so um, it's a big community here we've put together and uh, uh, if you like what we're doing um, look, leave some comments um, uh, you can email uh, the guys over Ripe Property Group and I don't know they appreciate any views and observations uh, that you have and, and um, before we come on air actually I asked the question to see about how we could do this any differently and um, you know, we're, we're open to suggestions if you want to see something or hear something that we're not doing uh, let us know and we'll happily switch it up and uh, include some more information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk cool. about it all. Nice one. All right, thanks for uh, tuning in. We'll be back again next time. Until then, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Investing Insights Podcast. Thanks to Ride Property Group. For more shows like this, check out the Smart Property Investment Show Podcast Network now.